What's up, party people? Thanks for downloading our podcast. You can check out more of our episodes at facebook.com slash thishouseofcardspodcast or on iTunes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This House of Cards podcast, an unofficial podcast of the Netflix hit show House of Cards. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with... Chris Husted, co-host. What up, party people? What's going? What's going on, Fartmaster? How, how are you this evening? <laughs> no, don't let that stick. Uh, <laughs> I'm, do, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good, man. A little bit of a rough day, but I have my drink with me, so I'm feeling a lot better. How are you doing? That, that happens. What are you drinking? Uh, I have a double Four Roses bourbon, bourbon on the rocks. What do you got? Uh, I'm just drinking a... I guess it's Magic Hat Elderberry uh, seasonal beer. It's good. It's tame. It's tame. I'm just relaxing. It. It's Thursday night. I'm, I'm taking it easy. So, Thursday night? You know. I, I... You know, well, the weekend's coming, so we got to prepare for that. Uh, for sure. Anyway, as always, we want to remind you guys to like us on Facebook and... Give us questions and comments and stuff on iTunes. That's This House of Cards Podcast. And as always, you can email questions or comments to This House of Cards Podcast at gmail.com. Now, I want to dive right into this episode because what the fuck? It was crazy. Um, for any first impressions, I don't know. Um, Tell I, me what you think. I, uh, I don't know. I was looking forward to it mostly just because we're gonna we're seeing the fallout of Claire's betrayal. So that was the biggest thing coming into this episode, right? We get to see right. exactly where the cards fell. I hate this, you know, analogy. Metaphor. Metaphor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we see where the cards fall right now with the House of Cards having fallen, right? Because mm-hmm. Claire pulled the bottom one and then everything came apart. It so th- this whole episode was, uh, at least for me, I was I was pretty excited to see where everyone where everyone stands. What about you? Absolutely. What'd you what did you think? I agree, and I, like, I mean, I thought it would be, I mean, we were going to see the fallout and stuff like that, but shit hit the fan more than I even anticipated. It just felt like I was confused, like, it was good, but, like, some of the, like, I just have so many questions after this episode, like, what is Frank's, what are Frank's motives now, and, well, I mean, what is, what are Zoe's motives now, and what's happened to Rousseau, and I've got all sorts of great questions, and I... God, we just need to start digging into it and talking about it because it was I great because everyone's dealing with a bunch of stuff now. Like they're 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 dealing with a lot of issues that has been you know uh, looming in front of them or um, floating around them, and now they are faced with some situations that they absolutely have to deal with. They have to look at this and face it. So it was really it's really exciting. It is. I mean, there's conflict every direction you look. And so let's let's just let's say go. you know the very end of this epi- of last episode we found out that the watershed bell did not pass even though Frank thought it was for sure going to and the reason it didn't is because Claire talked to the two congressmen who he needed to vote for it out of voting for it and so that's kind of where we're picking up immediately um, but actually I think it's interesting to say that we're picking up immediately with Frank talking to the president and the president is pissed at Frank so Frank has now lost his favor with the president. Um, Frank tries to blame Janine's verified article about the verified vote for, like, you know, everyone assuming that it was going to go through or whatever. But right. he was the one who fed her the numbers. We know that. So, really, it's oh, it's, it's Frank's fault for getting everybody to, <laughs> excuse me, being overconfident in himself. 
and you know, what was that? Sure he's gonna get his fame. That was my cough of disgust at Frank this episode <laughs> because it gets gets a little bit in my throat, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, another thing we have here is we have uh, the president saying, you know, what even bothers me more is that uh, you know my office doesn't have any influence on the Hill, it seems like, because I sent Linda up there for you and she wasn't able to talk anyone over. Exactly, well, exactly. Then Linda comes clean, which that surprised me. I wrote, that, that I wrote that down too. I wrote Linda comes clean. And I, I didn't think she would, but yeah, it, it did surprise me. But, you know, she, 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 she she's in the doghouse no matter what. She'll be in the bigger, the bigger doghouse if she doesn't come clean is the only way I could um, justify her coming clean so quickly. I would have thought the president would have been more pissed than that, though, at her. Could like, that seems like a pretty big deal that like he she told the president that she was going to go lobby for this bill, and instead she. I mean, I know it was a big deal for her and her family. Her but family, still, you know. Right. I mean, she, I don't know. I felt like the president would have been more angry about that. I don't right. Know. It actually made me like Linda. You know, kind of root for her a little bit because she's trying to be as honest as possible. I really feel like she's she in is. a good place. I think she's a good person, and she feels really bad about her son. I agree. I agree. I think her heart is in the right place, unlike some people's. Um, But yeah, it was surprising. So, speaking of which, let's talk about Frank. And uh, Zoe is the one who approaches Frank and tells him that her sources say Claire's the one who talked the congressman out of it, and he is in complete disbelief at this. Um, But... She says that my congress, that the congressman, or he brings the congressman into his office, and they basically corroborate her claim. And yeah, I, I I love it because we get to see the whip in action. Like this is what the whip is supposed to do in Congress. They go get the votes. They make they force people to vote, and they reprimand people for not voting along party lines. Right? Yeah, and he he is pissed. He is pissed. In the meantime, Rousseau is getting scorched by the media for it not passing. Um, they're saying like, if we, if we keep thinking a bill passed, how are you going to stay clean? Which is kind of foreshadowing now that I think about it. <laughs> totally. Um, okay. So Frank confronts Claire in her office at the clean water initiative. Um, she drops the rent, what I said, <laughs> I wrote the Remy bomb, which is that she needed Remy's money. That was what it came to. And this is what he asked for. So she said, told them to vote their conscience and basically not to vote for the bill. Um, so they get in a big fight, which we haven't really seen them get in a... I mean, we saw Frank get pissed at her last time, but she didn't really stand up for herself. But this time she said, you know, I can't operate based on plans you haven't shared. And she really, Claire finally opens up with him about not feeling like a partner in their marriage or whatever. This is and, this is absolutely the most pissed off I've ever seen Claire. And good for her, like, but, you know, the circumstance it's under is a little iffy and, you know, sketchy for their relationship. But yeah, this is, Claire is blowing up like we've never seen her. And, Right, and Frank is the Frank is fr- like he's Frank with her, using that as a you know. I like bird. that. I like that. he is Frank. He's Frank with her about what his, their intentions, and he says, "You know what? The Clean Water Initiative is important, but it doesn't come close to as important as what we're trying to accomplish." Meaning, I don't know if he meant him and her together, or if he meant uh, the legislative body as a whole, or what is specifically. That's one thing we've never really been privy to. I did write this down. Frank laid out the priority, which is his, and it, and it's part of their bargain, as he says. But their agreement, not, yeah, or their agreement, yeah, yeah. It's it's, but we don't really know. We ha- that has not been spelled out for us yet. We kind of have ideas of what it, what it is, but we don't know exactly what this plan right. or this bargain or this deal is. 
And we've kind of theorized about that, that their relationship is less about romance and it's more about business uh, ambition and strategic ambition. goals. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, anyway, this you know argument continues to crumble there, especially after he says that, which is kind of what he's been hinting at the whole time, but has tried to um, dance around. But now he's finally coming clean, and she says she feels like she's being used. And then he says, "Is, is this because of your hot flashes?" Which we know is a very sensitive topic with all the kid stuff going on, which is like the worst thing he could possibly say for just for someone who's supposed to have a silver tongue and like be an excellent speaker. This is like the most wrong thing I feel like he could say in this situation. I, th- you know, I think he said it on purpose so just to piss her off. Yeah, I and so I, 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 I wrote next to this, you know. He comes clean. I mean, is he right? Is I mean, who is right here? Was Claire right to sabotage the vote, or do you think that he's right to be mad and that she was wrong in this case and she should have realized that his shit is? I mean, even though he was kind of brash about it, that his shit is more important than her clean water stuff. That That is a slippery slope to uh, put a stance on, I think. I think absolutely Claire betrayed him and should have most likely gone along with a plan that they've always had however she has been pushed to the side way too many times at this point and it's about time she does something for herself and what she wants to do now the question is at the expense of this bill and the governorship and uh whatever frank's master plan is was worth claire having her you know independence and her her, her own way or getting her own way for once uh was worth it I'm not going to say that because it could be sexist. It could, you know, there's a lot of things. Well, exactly. And like, I, I agree that it was like, she needed to stand up to Frank eventually, but at the same time, it's like at what expense, you know, because it wasn't just a damn, like Frank can recover, but we're talking about how much it fucked Rousseau. We're talking about how much, you know, Zoe and Janine reporting the wrong numbers. I mean, she's, I mean, obviously Christina on Rousseau's campaign, she screwed over a lot of people with her kind of her and Frank's, battle and you know what i think they're both selfish people i think i mean that's i like claire i do and i think she needed to be independent but i think that she was i mean to some degree she was selfish as well about it you know yep definitely Um, this is also after the after after they had that fight though like it it really showed to me with zoe coming to him giving him that evidence that it was claire who did it Claire talking to him and you know totally berating him yelling at him and also I i think I don't know if we've mentioned this or not yet, but Rousseau giving him a call being like, WTF, like, what's, like, what did you do? You told me this was in the bag. None of these people are scared of Frank anymore. Everyone is, like, yelling at him and getting mad at him. And you could see Frank kind of coming apart uh, with he's, all these people yelling li- at him. He, he needs to reassert his power stance, and so that's what he's trying to do this episode. And that's what I was going to say. You're right. He has that conversation with Rousseau. Rousseau th- uh, threatens, he threatens Frank by exposing corruption. Everything. Now, at this point, well, so, he goes down, he goes well, down. So is he going, like, I assume by that he would have met the bribe against the, you know, bribing the police chief is, is right. the big one there. And so, like, but obviously that would make Rousseau come out too. But like you said, if Rousseau goes down, he's going to take other people with him. Exactly. Um, which he still could do. I mean, we'll oh, talk yeah. about that, though. But so Frank is saying without Rousseau's past... Now that he doesn't have that to wield over Rousseau, then he has no power. So he wants to create new leverage, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Part of it doing. So Frank and Stamper work out some shady deal, and we're not really sure what's going to happen, but we certainly see it played out. Yeah. 
In the meantime, Claire visits Zoe in her apartment. Oof, that, what a scene that was, man. Uh, this was explosive all over the place. Calls her naive, explains the situation that, like, she knew that Frank, like, Frank and Zoe, because Zoe thought this was going to be a confrontation when Claire finally just found out, and she says, no, I knew about this whole thing the entire time. And she even references the spider. Like, yes! Very specific details. So it's like, man, he literally play-by-place play, talked about what was going on over there. Right, right. Which we never, talked... I mean, we never saw that. We never, like, we knew that Claire was aware of it, but we didn't know how in-depth these conversations went. Exactly. That was, that was pretty amazing. And her, I mean, everything in that scene from Claire just, you know, barging in, in a way, as soon as she opens the, Zoe opens the door, Claire just walks right on in, looks around, examines the, you know, shithole, essentially. <laughs> goes through her clothes and oh it, it was just it was such a commanding uh performance but also a commanding uh presence that claire brings to a room mm-hmm. and claire's i like somehow this experience seems to like open claire's eyes and she grabs a taxi to union station and i immediately i don't know about you immediately i knew she was going to adam when she said like i agree about that. yeah union station i was like all right i know where she's going Mm-hmm. It's and, funny and like, she didn't say she didn't say uh, mega bus or bolt bus, <laughs> which is what us poor people do. I don't know. She's gonna get there with all the financial resources they wield because that's how they fix problems is by throwing money at them, as we know. Oh yeah. Um, also, I thought this was interesting. Frank on the rower. Yeah, there uh, he is again. Like I. Why do you, I don't know. This is kind of in symbolic. This was symbolic of him like doing things for Claire, but now it's like he's doing it as a therapeutic thing to like get himself not frustrated with Claire anymore. I thought that was a little bit strange. It could be. I'm. I, I, I've seen him. I mean, I think he does it also when he's angry with her or frustrated with her because she forced him to do it. He did not want to do it, and he did it eventually. I thought to appease her, just get her off his back because he's so angry. Maybe that could be it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good uh, thought. And so he tries to call Claire first. She doesn't pick up. So instead, call Zoe. And Booty call. Yeah, uh-huh. And we see the very end of that. And, but it's um, but it's different, don't you think? Like, when the, we see the aftermath of it. We, we always see the beginning right. of it and never the end. But this time we see the end of it. And it's, it's, it is different. Zoe's much more... You know, detached from it and like whatever. Like she's she's you do she's what changed. You do. Yeah, she has. And um, she's always growing on me. The... She is, although I feel bad that she's got to endure that shit. But I guess <laughs> she doesn't have to. Um, so she tells Frank or that Claire came by, and this kind of scene, you know, catches Frank off guard too. And we see him smoking at the window, which is normally what he does with Claire, but he's by himself this time. And so this is the first long monologue, I feel like. He's given us little bits and pieces, but he kind of gives us a little bit of a right. longer monologue here than we've gotten in a while. And I think it's interesting because it's like, now we're his partner that Claire's gone. You know, like he's like pulling us into the trap or something. It, it really feels like we're all he has left. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he even says, like, everyone's in rebellion. I can't lose my resolve. Although we do know he still has Stamper left. His faithful right. companion Stamper. And I think, well, we'll wait till we get there, too. Um, <clears throat> so Frank, of course, is on the hunt for Claire now, trying to figure out where she went. Although I don't know why he didn't assume she went to go see Adam immediately, because obviously that's where the passion was before. Right, and, come on. What are her options? Whatever. 
Yeah, you think they would know each other well enough. She certainly knows him, so whatever. But he goes to talk to Jillian about where she can be. And um, tricks are really easy. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently Claire called and said that she was going to be gone for a week, that she was sick or something like that. I don't know exactly. Um, but then Frank also remembers the Stanford connection that Jillian was at Stanford. And he gets basically Jillian to vouch for Linda's son, which I think is just his continuing thing of doing people favors in the hopes that they'll scratch his back later on. Although and that hasn't seemed to work for him too well so far. I'm talking, you know, so. It'll ha- yeah, yeah, that was a great move by him. Strategic move. Absolutely. Well, and she, but she's a much str- she's a strong ally. So, absolutely. Um, but Claire, we do see arrive at Adam's apartment in party with him. New York, his like his like art studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm going to follow this line for a minute. I mean, we see Adam showing Claire pictures pictures of her sleeping, so we get to know how intimate their relationship was. She really looked like know? Jenny from Forrest Gump in those. In those shots. Yeah, they, they like made her look younger and stuff too, kind of in the yeah. pictures, even though I can't imagine it was that long ago. Right. But I guess you just, I don't know, but um, then they, you know, they they, they do it. kiss and the classical music comes and the clothes comes off. And <laughs> I, I just wanted to point out, this is the, we, this is the first sex scene we've seen with Claire. We ne- haven't seen it with Frank. Exactly. We haven't seen her do anything with Frank. Yep. Um, their relationship has pretty much been sexless through this point. Good for and Claire. And I, I just want to keep following Claire and say, okay. um, so, you know, they're lying in bed and Claire is laughing. Have we seen Claire laugh at all throughout this entire thing? I mean, this is the first, maybe, she's really maybe opening like, up. She's Right. I would say like, maybe like fake laughing when she's like stumping for her husband or so, or something, but not, yeah, definitely not like an actual genuine uh, sincere laugh you know smirks she look, there, that's it she looks happy she's opening up about her mother and how her mother only wanted her to be pretty and she wants to be appreciated for her thoughts and feelings and she's coming like very open like you know what we've talked about this before with claire all we've seen from her is like looks and not really vocalized emotion it's all been kind of in her eyes and stuff but here it's finally coming out with adam and she's opening up and she's happy and i i, I even wrote in all caps here i like adam now I like like I like Adam too, and I think it's because I'm pissed at like I think Frank's I'm kind of, kind of feeling like Frank's a dick now, and I'm like she deserves Adam, you know he's a good he guy. Yeah, he could have given her like this different life. It's a little hippier, but it's you know a, a genuine, uh, sincere life. It, it's, it's a life that she, you know, maybe it's maybe it's a little uh, a dose of the uh, grass is always greener, but. It does seem like she would have thrived and been so much happier on this other side. It makes you think that maybe she valued the wrong priorities. And now that she's later in life, that she's kind of going, you know, realizing she can't have kids anymore and stuff like that. It's kind of awakened her to different priorities and stuff. Right, coming, she's yeah, coming to terms or coming to realization of what could have been and what she probably should have chosen had she not been younger and, and, and so ambitious. Maybe she's realizing now what the more important things, at least for her in life would have been or should have been absolutely absolutely and we see you know um adam has this party over at his house and we see claire getting up and dancing and just letting steaming loose smoking a joint oh yeah she's i mean and that i think that's hugely representative because claire is so controlled you know Mm -hmm. she's so every bit of her appearance appearance is like uh it's 
it, it, it's specific. I mean, it's um, she's you know what I mean. It's like it's purposeful. She every bit of her look, every bit of the way she acts, and everything. There's it's all a plan. She's not spontaneous. She doesn't it's, um right. She, she's just in. She's completely so, calculated. Such control. And this brought me back to that scene back in the cemetery episode where she gets yelled at in the cemetery where at the very end she's like looking at that young couple. I totally remember you this. Know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I was just thinking there, like, may, so may, maybe we're getting insight into what she was thinking at that point in time because we only saw her look. That is a really great, see. great uh, pullback from a previous episode. Yeah. Wow. I Yeah, exactly. She's seeing what she could have done or... What's fun and what she wishes she could have been doing, perhaps. Yeah, right. that's... so we kind of have seen this her growing into this. Yeah, it wasn't right. immediate, but Frank kind of eventually just pushed her over the line. Great insight. Uh, spe- right. So speaking of Frank, we have him uh, at a barbecue with Remy, um, trying to parlay. It seems like he's trying to make peace, and so he's saying, you know, can we make peace if I get Russo to back natural gas? And Remy's like, are I, you sure you want to do that? The watershed bill was just against that. And he's like, oh, yeah, he, it's only the jobs that matter, not the environment to him. It's, he'll be fine if he switches. It seems a little bit – it seems something was fishy right here to begin with. I don't totally. know if you felt that way. Right. He, I mean, he brought him to the barbecue joint, and he even says, like, I don't bring people here. So he's desperate, I think. He's just trying to – obviously, we know he's trying to it, – it seemed like he was trying to throw Rousseau under the bus. And this is his way of doing it, and he's not even going to do it in a in a formal way. This is very back country, not back country, uh, uh, like a backwoods deal, uh, backdoor, back, uh, you know, er- everything away from wherever he would ever take anyone. You know, it's where you yeah. take your mistress to have dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. And he takes that proposal then to Rousseau, and Rousseau doesn't want to do it. He says he'll look like a hypocrite. Christina says he'll look like flip flopping. Um, they're right too. I think and they're they absolutely right. right. I think they're absolutely right. But Frank is somehow still so convincing, even after he just blew that. He says, "Well, you don't have to make any. Just meet with Remy. Just meet with him at this gala thing or whatever." And it's right. like. I don't know how, I mean, especially when he was so angry at Frank a minute ago, I don't know how he can be so trusting, but I guess Frank's on his A-game again. In the meantime, we see Stamper helping the prostitute who, Rachel, who is the one he was keeping quiet about the Rousseau stuff before. He was helping her pick out an apartment, and she's so thankful to him for it, and he says, well, I paid for your next couple months' rent. I need you to do one more thing for me, though. One more thing. And... We were one, I was wondering, like, what is that thing going to be? And we find out I figured real it was quick Yeah, at the gala. We see Rousseau has met with Remy, and he seems to have gotten on board with this whole proposal real quick. Um, Remy's telling him that Sancorp wants a pro-drilling candidate and that, you know, Rousseau's opponent hasn't promised refineries in Philadelphia like Rousseau could be promising. Um, so Rousseau tells Remy to listen to local radio the next day. And at this point, I was still kind of not sure. I'll have to, this whole sequence was interesting for me because I still felt throughout this, like maybe Rousseau's going to surprise us to make the right decision. I don't know if you felt like that at all. I thought like maybe he was going to make Remy listen to the radio and then on the radio be like, 
still condemn drilling or something. Like yes, that. I, just I, like be I like, actually, fuck you, fuck Frank. I thought maybe he was going to do that. I, I did. I agree. I I thought the same thing too. I thought he's you know he's going to play this, but and because he's so suave now and so much smarter and he's got it together, I, thought, I totally thought he was going to like play a great card. I know. I thought he was stronger. I thought he was stronger. This, which speaking of which, we find out what Stamper's plan was because we see Rachel approach. She's all dressed up nice in a dress, though, and everything, and pretends to be someone who's just at the event and is immediately hitting on Rousseau and trying to get him and to take a drink. Him. Yeah, she did. She. By, by the way, this whole sequence. Props to this actress. She like she changed from being the downtrodden, you know, messed up. Uh, prostitute to like selling like this witty, funny, awesome chick that you would Sexy, love to yeah. run into at a bar. Like she, she killed I, it. That girl's great. She did. She was great. And she, I thought she kind of looked like a Kristen young Stewart. Jennifer. Gar- I oh. said Jennifer Garner. Oh, I thought she looked like. I thought she. Looked, I could see like a young Kristen I could Stewart. See. Yeah, I can see that comparison, <laughs> young Kristen Stewart. But Russo, like at first, he has self control, but he, you know, he avoids the drink. He says, you know, drinking it's not pretty when I drink. And then she passes him the room key, and I wrote like, "What will he do?" And I still had faith in him. I still I had too. faith in him. Damn it! I wrote down, "Don't do it, Peter," with a with a exclamation point. Oh, and we see Russo. He gets to the hotel. He goes up to the hotel room door, and I'm still thinking like. He's about to put the key in the door, and I'm thinking, like, okay, they're just screwing with us. He's going to open the door, and it's going to be, like, his room, and he did the right thing. I still thought that all the way up until he was at the door and put the key in. But, no, he opens the door, and there is Rachel. Oh, and that just killed me. That's an addict, And I even, man. like... That's an addict. And she, she's trying to get him drinking, and I wrote, like... I, I wrote in all caps because, like, I was thinking this and, like, yelling it at the screen when I was watching. I was like, don't drink it. Don't drink it. Don't drink it. And then he takes the shot. But even after you did that, I was like, okay, it was just one. It was just one. You can still get out. You can still get out. Then she climbs on top of him, and you know, it's It's over. It's over. It's over. Uh, And so... The whole reveal, though, with that sequence at the end... I don't... We're we're not there yet. Okay. We're not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, But so, prepping, we see that Stamper and Frank are, you know, in... Frank's Frank's playing chess at this point, right? He's playing chess and against himself. Right, right, against himself. And Frank says something about teaching Stamper yes, chess I, at some point. I wanted to ask you, what do you think that means? Because he said, "Do you want to teach you? You want me to teach you?" What do you think that meant? I don't know if he meant like if it was in, like we we're supposed to feel like do you, I'm going to groom you to be me, the next the next me kind of thing. And I don't know if that was like Stamper's way of like. Being like I kind of I rejecting him, I like I, yeah, like I'll do your I'll do your dirty work, but I, I can't I just can't. You can be my boss, but I can't go down this darker road. Like I can't fall into that mindset right. as you. I don't know. That's kind of what I was thinking. I thought that, and I also thought he had no one else around him at this point. He has nobody. He's he doesn't have Zoe. He does. I mean, he kind of does, but not really. But he he doesn't have uh, Peter, and he doesn't have Claire. The people that like kind of like are people he can like manipulate and use. And so that's why he, I also, he, maybe he was trying to get, uh, Doug Stamper to do. He this. was just lonely. He was, yeah, he was just exactly. lonely. I think that's a great insight. Great insight. Um, and then I like, I liked it when, uh, he ends it by getting himself in checkmate. Like, right. I he's... love that too. Come on. You knew it was going to happen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I believe it was a um, queen and a, a queen and a king too, that he did it with. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, very telling. Um, in the meantime, let's talk Zoe, because we haven't talked to her since Frank visited her. Oh, Zoe. She comes back to her house. I just, like, her house is in, is so gross. It's and, like, disgusting. I just love it how she opens the fridge and she's pulling shit out. And did you notice that there was a box of Pop-Tarts in the refrigerator? I didn't <laughs> I see that. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, well, this, girl's a, this girl's a mess. And she picks up the trash and it's dripping on the floor. And all of a sudden she's, like, hyper aware of what her dump, a dump her place has been, which Frank has been telling her for a long time. Exactly. She, like you said, she's hyper aware. She's seeing every corner like with mold or like puddles and it's disgusting Mm -hmm. and so she leaves um to go meet with lucas the editor from the washington uh examiner herald 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 washington herald she got and um who the guy who confessed his love to her drunkenly a few episodes ago and she asks to stay on his couch i was just gonna ask like why couldn't she... What did you think? Why couldn't she be in her place anymore? Why did that... I wanted to ask you this, too. Same thing? Yeah. I was wondering if it was, like, now that she's, like, got her eyes open, that it was too... It made her think of, like, the gross stuff she did with Frank too much, and it just made her feel gross for her past, maybe? Um, yeah, I, I... You know, I, I, I kind of thought of it as she... Especially calling this guy Luke... She wanted something more real, something that maybe felt more authentic as opposed to all this fake shit she's been, you know, doing just to get her way up. She she needs something more real. And even though maybe she doesn't have feelings for this guy, Luke, he did have authentic, genuine feelings for her, even though he drunkenly um, expressed them to her, that maybe she wanted that type of a connection with someone, someone who actually probably did kind of care about her. Uh, Absolutely, and, and she wanted to get out of her place, which just reminded her, like you said, of Frank and just being kind of gross. And um, kind of going along that line too. Um, I was just going to say, and shit, that it totally slipped my mind what I was about to say to you, Luke. Um, I had another right. I was. It was it about farts? No, it wasn't about. It was. It was not about farts this time. Although that does interrupt my thoughts quite often. Shit, it was a good point I was going to make. Anyway, I apologize for that. Maybe oh, it'll come back to me. But anyway, so she goes over to Luke's place. She lets her sleep on the couch. Um, I really, at this point, I'm really caring about about Zoe. Like, I really, she's coming to terms with what she's been doing. Okay, what was it? And this, okay, this is, I, th- I thought of it. And this is what I was going to say. Remember, last episode, Janine made the point about, like, fucking your way to the middle. And I think maybe yes. what she's realizing is, like, even after she's, like, got, done, like... She, like, gave up her dignity, kind of, or her integrity for the stories and, like, slept with Frank to get the stories and, like, degraded herself like that. She's looking around her place and, like, she is supposedly better off, but look at this shithole she's still living in. Like, how she much better nothing. off is she really? So she's like, what has this really gotten me? What is uh, all this shit? Why don't I actually feel for some? you know. That's a, so I, absolutely. That's, so yep, I think that I think was, like, spot her on. eye-opening, and, and that's what draw, drew her over to Lucas's place. Oh, here's something else I was going to ask you. So do you think that she actually did have feelings for Lucas before, but was like, that was her valuing her ambition and her job more, and now she's like realizing priorities? I I think, I don't think they were serious feelings. I think uh, maybe she had a little like work crush on him, but it was the -hmm. the most real thing she's probably had, you know, before she started this whole Frank thing, you know? It's the closest thing she had to reality, at, at least for uh feelings or or it was something close to love uh before she started banging frank for stories 
Yeah. This is why I'm actually, like, caring about her now. I'm like, man, this girl's finally, like, just thinking like a human. She's she's really mm-hmm. coming to terms with, you know, what, what what's important and what's not. Not that she's going to go marry Luke, Lucas, or whatever. But she's actually, she just understands that that's a part of life and that is there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she'll still bang Frank for stories, but she knows what it is now. She's not, she's not tricking herself or she's not deceived by... Uh, she knows that Frank's just doing it for power, like we've always talked about. Right, and she gets up off the like. Lucas is really nice to her and like very gentlemanly. Doesn't you know? Totally kind of like he kind of embarrassed. Doesn't doesn't assume anything. Also, know, goes to his bedroom, closes the door. Wait, yeah. Before we go into that, sorry, we also get a time frame reference here, which we've been kind of lacking. We don't know how much time has passed, always from the beginning of of the story to the end, but. He hasn't really seen her, so she's been out for six months, I believe. With the exception, she's been of, a she's been at Slugline for six months. Is exactly, yeah. exactly. That's what I mean. Like she she's left Slugline for six months, and the only time he's interacted with her was the one time he drunkenly showed up. But six months—that is a long time. That you know, you know, I thought it was maybe like a couple months, but not six months. That's that's a pretty long time. So that means this whole story is taking place over. It, it'll probably eight culminate in a year at the end. Right, right. About a year total is what we assume. Right. I agree with you. That was I thought that was interesting because it did seem like more time had gone by than we'd really realized. Because we don't. I mean, the way the episodes work. I mean, the events are still the aftermath. Right. All we're seeing is one event leading to another, so we really don't have a clear idea of how what goes on in between. Exactly. Anyway, um, so he closes the doors after he leaves her on the couch. But she comes, opens the doors, and comes in and falls asleep next to him. Right. Who hasn't been and there, though? Girl sneaking into your bed? Come on. So sweet. It's, so sweet. It's so sweet. <laughs> it's so sweet. I like that. Really and like he that. wakes up to find her arm around him, which he seems genuinely, genuinely surprised by. Yeah. And, uh... They proceed to get it on. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're a little bit like, good for them. Yeah. You feel like I agree. A little bit that way. These two make you feel so a little much bit more like sense. Them two and Claire and Adam, you kind of feel like everyone's right. kind of falling into the right place except poor Russo. Right. Except poor Russo. And that's what I want to talk about. We see Russo. He's completely trashed. Uh, he's destroyed his whole evening. They're about, um, they're about to finally do it. They are about to finally do it, which it seems like, Jesus, to really take your time for God's wow. sake. And she like... If if they drink that much, I was surprised either of them was really still awake, that aware. Yeah, <laughs> um, if you look at like all the bottles that are everywhere, and she's asking him when, like, right before they're about to do it, she's like, "If he recognizes her, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't that, recognize that her at creepy. all. Doesn't even recognize her voice." She seems genuinely kind of pissed off about that. Um, but I mean, you gotta okay. He was pretty fucked. He was fucked up before, though. You know, I mean, but she's he's, clean, like, he's a like, cleaned up guy. Yeah, yeah. I man, I'm really. I was really rooting for this guy. I, oh god. And so she like, and that seems like piss her off. And she gets up and flings the blinds open. Now we know it's not gonna happen. And all of a sudden, oh, it's daylight. So they've been drinking all night long. Daylight. Are not that, that was, are not yeah. that trash for having drunk all night long. Um, but it is daylight, and it was seven thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. I think seven fifteen. He's like, "Oh shit! I have my interview in thirty minutes." So he runs to the toilet and just starts puking, Barfing. trying to get it all, trying to get it all up, trying to get it out, trying to sober up. Um, Stamper calls him right then, and of he's coming to, he's he's coming to help. So um, Stamper shows up and tells him not to do the interview. 
So here's what I was going to ask you. Is that seemed like a gambit. What was yeah. their overall plan here? Because I felt like it would have been easy enough for... This is what Rousseau should have done, in my opinion. Is just have said he was like feeling sick. How? Why was this interview so important? Was it because of the Remy thing? Because couldn't he have called Remy and been like... I'll do the interview to the day after. I'm sure that, like, a candidate running for governor, that wouldn't have been a huge deal. There's multiple interviews that you can announce these new stances on. I agree. Uh, I think maybe he was but I guess he was drunk. himself. So he was probably going to talk to, uh, address Remy's concerns and go on his, on his side, right? That's what we, yeah, so he was, but he was, yeah, and so, I mean, he was drunk, so he clearly wasn't thinking straight. Um, and so... He he does the interview. Totally chokes it like Frank did that one time. Totally, totally chokes it. Um, he almost like appears like he's more drunk now than he was when like and he realized he was Rachel. He was hooking yeah, up with Rachel the opens. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, God, and I was just like. He's just stumbling through. You know, he he tries to endorse natural gas, so he realized that he was going to endorse Remy's plan, so he wasn't going to do the right thing after all. And he drops an F-bomb on the air, Mm -hmm. and they call him out for being drunk. And Stamper hangs up the phone for him. And he is screwed. We see that Christine is listening to this interview. And um, it's just terrible, because this guy is not the guy we had wanted him so badly to be. He just crumbles. He was so you know, easily he, suckered into this girl, this the seduction of of Rachel and Sancorp too. I mean, he's just he's everyone's pawn. He's, right. he's the ultimate pawn throughout like, this entire show. We thought he was finally getting stronger, but no, he's right. the ultimate pawn. He was generally it seemed like he was on the road to recovery, but you know all that temptation on someone so early in a, in the program or whatever. I mean, come on, that's that's just that's really difficult probably to to take on. And and Frank knew that. And that's why he sicked uh, Stamper on, on uh, well, put Stamper to sick Rachel and the situation on to Peter Rousseau. So he'd have to, so he would falter. This is what I thought was going to happen. Um, I, this is not how I thought this would play out. I thought what was going to happen is that um, Frank was concerned that Rousseau wouldn't take the Remy deal. And he was also pissed at him for... You know, uh, defying him, basically. So I thought what Frank's plan was going to be was to get Russo super drunk and trashed and have Stamper go over there and have Stamper prevent him from doing the interview, but then have pretty much Frank be his... Oh. Go, like, I thought they were going to have Frank do the interview for him, basically, and come out in favor of natural gas and, like, do the talking for him, whether or not Russo... So that way, whether or not Russo really wanted that, Frank is healing things with Remy. And in the... And in the meantime, they'd be getting new dirt on Rousseau, so he was under Frank's thumb again because he had just finally crumbled to, like, broken Frank's rule, and now he, like, obviously Frank would know about that. Right. So that seemed much more... That would... See, and this is what kind of pissed me off a little bit, is that seems much more classic Frank to me. Like, still going through... Instead of, like, burning the house down, it seemed, like, more strategic, and he's still, like... He's still manipulating people and getting his way. This way... The way he just destroys Rousseau here and throws him to the side seemed... Just reckless. Like, he is, like, Frank's emotions were getting, were no longer controlled. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. It seems very uh, vindictive on everyone uh, abandoning him or betraying him. Frank does. And I wrote, right, and I wrote next to it, like, why is he doing this? I just, it's not the the controlled Frank we saw at the beginning. Right. Um, 
But we do find out that his bodyguard found Claire for him and tells him he's in New York with Adam. Which she probably knew deep down. He should have known. And he doesn't seem surprised and doesn't really yeah. want to do anything about it. Um, but we do see one after... thing that Frank gets out of this whole episode. He gets one thing good or one thing that you know he'll cash in later. Well, first I was going to say he texts Zoe in this line. Oh, so yeah. This is what yeah, you're going to say, right? Yeah. Okay, so he after the interview, he texts Zoe and he says, like, you asked for something better hinting at the Rousseau story. Yeah. Um, one thing I thought was funny, though, is, like, her and Lucas are spooning. And then ooh, her text message, she picks up the phone. Frank Underwood, like, the secret source. Yeah. Like, we talked Again. about last time. Again. <laughs> like, perfectly where Lucas could have seen it. Yeah. Put that shit in code. <laughs> Let's be smart about this, Zoe. But, so, she gets the story up and going, gets it on the New York Times. Um, you know, Linda's on the phone with him asking, like, is there anything we can do about this? And he says, well, well, if the national media doesn't get it. But, of course, he's made sure the national media got it. So, Rousseau was fucked. Um, God, and this, so, before Stamper walks in to the bathroom... Because we know what happens there. Well, okay. So, let's finish the Linda part. So, we find out that Frank helped Linda's son get into Stanford. And so, clearly there's... Right. A, because of the and she knows connection. who... Yeah. She knows, what, she knows what happened. She knows it's Frank. So, there's a favor there that he's going to cash in at some point. That's what I meant. Um, That's the one good thing he actually got that is positive for him. But... Well, and Frank lines up this thing about um, Matthew's... Like, Matthew's the vice president. Something about him taking solace in Pennsylvania. So we know something's going on with him getting Matthew's back in Pennsylvania. This is and me. Okay, well, I want to know. So I, it, and then he says Rousseau will get solace nowhere. So we know this has something to do with Matthew's. And so let's just, yeah, before we discuss theories, let's play out the rest of what happens in this episode. So before Stamper goes to the bathroom even, he has this look on his face. Did you feel like he, he was remorseful? I almost felt like I was getting I, a sense I did. of remorse. I feel like Stamper's like, got a good soul. I, he's a good guy. Like he, like he was not happy with what he did. And he was right. like... He's Hence he didn't like to play chess. He did not want to play chess. Exactly. And he goes to the bathroom and knocks on the door. And like... I just had a bad feeling about this to begin with. He goes in the bathroom, knocks on the door. Of course, Rousseau doesn't answer. He bursts in. Did you looks think in the suicide? shower and just says... Yes, immediately. Me too. Is that what you thought? I thought immediately. Yeah. yeah. Well, we because had... the reason he didn't kill himself in Frank's bathtub was the governor race. And, like, we saw Rousseau himself be like, it's over. It's over. I've screwed myself. It's over. So he, I mean, and he was basically, like, in the, about to fuck around with Christina. So he was afraid. She, I mean, it seems like he would have been realizing he has nothing to live for there. And I could have seen that. Yep. I, th- I don't know. I Obviously, they left it ambiguous. We don't know what happened yet. But it seemed but, like he was going to at least try seemed, to kill himself. Well, I thought when they opened the door, like, we we see that he's not there. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what maybe, I kind of well, talked about. That's true. So, so, you th- so you think maybe he opened the shower and there was no one in there? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. I guess that's a possibility, too. And where do you think he would have gone? I thought, I, he, know, I thought he would be, like, on the... Try to save, in, salvage like, his, his campaign? I don't know. But he, like he doesn't. But keep in mind at this point, he doesn't know that Frank and Stamper were the ones who sabotaged him. Right. So it would be like he has no reason to go behind their backs because he doesn't know that they. I don't know. 
I'm curious though. It'll be interesting to see next episode. Uh, I hope, obviously. I don't think he's dead. I think worst case that like he tried to kill himself and they end up saving him or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I think either he tried to commit suicide or he disappeared to go do something, and I'm curious to see what it is. Yeah, because he like I believe that he's a smart guy. I want him to be. So what's anyway. your theory with this Matthew with with Frank's bigger plan with this Matthew yeah. stuff? So well, he like Frank says something along the lines of on the phone. He says, "Well, Russo's like played his part." And it's like, oh snap! This was like a this was like a part or something. Like this was a bit he was doing in the master plan. So I think at this point that what they might try to do is shuffle the vice president back to be governor, and then Frank becomes the vice president. I think you're absolutely really. Right. I think that maybe I I that's I thought the same thing when I heard the Matthews yes. thing. I was like, oh shit, they're trying to like. Matthews doesn't want to be vice president. Right. He's already and, unhappy. And... We know this. They beat us over the head with that. But Frank, if anyone, knows that the vice president doesn't have any power. He has more power where he is. But maybe, so why would he want to be vice president? But maybe Frank knows how to manipulate some power to get the president out, and then he becomes president. Like an impeachment or something, maybe? I don't know. Maybe that's season two. Maybe the season ends with him as vice president. That'd be crazy, but... Uh. I don't know. I don't know how that even would work. You called this, so you called it. The vice president was going to be a much bigger player than we thought he would be. You said that. I I don't know how this process would work legally. Like whether the vice president can just resign and go back to a governorship, and like how he would just be the one who stepped in and stuff like that when he wasn't elected. I mean, this never happened in the West Wing, so I don't know how it would happen. Right. We don't know. We don't know what the hierarchy is here. Exactly. Uh, but interesting anyway. but uh but yeah they left in so, a crazy spot we only have what three uh four episodes left so three no three ten. episodes so, oh my god no it's we're coming to an end quick yeah we but, are and frank frank's world is falling apart well other people seem to well actually the women well seem okay to Russo, russo's finding their and russo's world is really falling apart let's yeah. say yeah I would say the women, the women are coming, like, they're finding their strength now. They are getting to, you know, they're doing what they want to do. Where the, as the men are two main are male characters, they're, they're falling apart. Absolutely. I think that's a very accurate um, interpretation. And I think, I mean, we talked about all our possible theories and all our cliffhangers. It was yeah. a great way to end. I mean, what do you give this episode? What do you think? Ooh, that's a tough one. And I, I've never really given this one, but I would give it a four, 3.75. Four. 3.75. Really? 3.75. I, God, this episode was so hard to watch. Like, the, the Russo moments were like, I t- it was so cringeworthy that I, I told you, like, I was writing, don't drink it, and like, freaking out at the screen, like, not having him, wanting him to drink it, but I was very invested in it, which I thought was very telling, so I definitely give it a 4.5. I thought it was great. Whoa! I was just, Whoa. I, I got sucked into it, it was like, I didn't want to watch what happened, but I needed to know. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good one, and I'm excited to see what happens. Me too, next. totally. Like, <laughs> it was definitely very exciting and fun. I just... Uh, maybe I need to think about it more, about the reasons why it doesn't sit as well with me. Well, I mean, we love Rousseau, and, like, this was, you know, this is really hard to watch him. I, I don't like that fact, and I also, like... I, you know, I was kind of iffy on on Frank. I like, I knew he was slimy at the beginning, but I still kind of liked his charm. Not any, not at all anymore. I don't like, I don't like, I don't right, want to be like, a dick. you know how you were, 
You know, we talked about this at the beginning where you were saying, like, I don't like how he's talking to the camera and, like, pulling us into his plans and stuff like that because I don't know if I want to be on his side. And then before, at the very beginning, I was like, oh, I'm totally into it. Now I'm like, ah, oh, don't talk, don't give me the asides. Fuck you. Do not look at me. Do not look at me. I'm not going to be, I don't want to be your partner. Yeah, exactly. I feel completely different about it. So I think that's funny. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, God. <laughs> um, anyway. Oh, boy. Well, we're coming to a close, folks. But uh, do you need, do God, you need I, I, yeah, and another stiff drink. <laughs> yeah. Same with you too. Yep, um, one right now. All right, man. Well, thanks for joining us again, everybody. Um, as always, please rate us, critique us, comment us on iTunes at This House of Cards podcast. Like us on Facebook at This House of Cards podcast. And send us questions and comments at this has a podcast. Or if this you has sound a so podcast, sad when you're saying this. At gmail.com. I, oh, I'm feeling really sad right now. God, I felt sad after this episode. I, I did. I felt Hey, bummed. go back. Did, you, did and, you watch the most recent Game of Thrones episode? I still haven't watched that yet. So that oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. That will make I know. you feel so much better. I know. I'm behind. I'm behind. But uh, <laughs> where can people Please find more of your stuff? It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, wrong show. Wrong show. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Chris Husted, Chris with a K, K R I S H U S T E D. And my friend here, you can find him at on Twitter at uh, at TJ Moss Eleven. At TJ Moss Eleven, that's right, folks. All right, everybody, have a good evening. Talk to you later. Valor Magolis. Is that what it is? That's what it is, right? I don't want to be your friend. I just wanna be your